Alright, so we are in the second week of, of, of Advent. We are looking at the Bethlehem candle. Um, for, uh, for us uh, to, to look at that, we're going to look at um, one of the, the most famous Christmas passages that uh, you have uh, probably heard, read, um, uh, seen on TV, uh, because Charlie Brown made it, uh, um, yeah, what's that? Luke, Luke 2, yes, it is in Luke 2. Charlie Brown made it uh, important, I guess. No, it was important long before Charlie Brown. And I will tell you this, I was flipping through the, the TV yesterday, on the, on, and the, you know how you can look at the guide and everything? As I was flipping through there, I seen this, this movie that was on, that said Talladega Nights, the story of Ricky Bobby. And I thought, you know what, I am not going to say it tomorrow. I ain't going to do it. I ain't going to do it. For, for those of you that are thinking, like, what is he saying? Just talk to somebody else. They'll tell you what exactly. I'm, I'm not going to do it. Eight pounds, six ounces, little baby Jesus in the Golden Fleece diapers. You've always been the deceiver. I'm telling mom. <laughs> How you like him apples? So uh, Luke chapter 2. Uh, in Luke chapter 2, we're going to read about um, the, 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 the story of, of uh, Mary and Joseph and, and the birth of, of Christ. But as we, as we read this, I want us to, to continue to, to have this, this mindset of, remember, you know, was it two weeks ago now, we talked about how Advent season is, is, a, is a season in which is uh, to, to get us in, in, not the mood, but in the mode, I, I believe, um, to, to uh, the uh, observe, observing and the ushering in of, of the, the Christ child, the first Advent. But it also, it's to prepare us and remind us of the second coming. So we're going to talk today about the first coming, but then we're going to do something that I haven't done. I don't think, I don't know if I've ever done this here in my time, um, so it'll be interesting. But it, anywho, no, I'm not doing a headstand or anything, but it, 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 something that, that it'll, be, it'll be fun. Before we get to that, let's go to Luke chapter 2. In Luke chapter 2, what we have is we see um, the, the, uh, the story, we see the, 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 uh, the preparation of God coming into fruition. Now, when I, when I talk about the preparation of God, last week we talked about the promises of God. We talked about the, the prophecies and how those were promises uh, from God. And we understand that God prepared His people by these promises. Now, this week we're going to talk about um, the preparing of, uh, um, of us, but we see that also God prepared Joseph and Mary for the coming of Jesus by an angel. So we have God preparing His people by all these promises. We have God preparing uh, Mary and Joseph for what's going to happen by an angel. Um, so what we're going to do here is just read about um, when this all came about, when it came to fruition. So Luke chapter 2, verse 1. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus. And while I'm reading this, don't be imagining Charlie Brown. Or I'm sorry, it's Linus, right? Linus with his little blankie, although I do have a Charlie Brown Christmas tree in my office. Um, anywho, in those days a decree, I, I, I'm telling you, maybe you want to check, see what's in the cup. In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was the house and the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the end. In the inn, not the end, in the inn. So, I mean, this is a story that even if you, you haven't been in church um, in a while, or maybe the, this is the first time you're here, but I don't think that's the case. But th this is a, a, a story that even the, those who have never been to church have heard because, and in, 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 you know, jokingly talking about uh, how Charlie Brown made it famous, this is a story which has been, been broadcast to millions and millions of people, if not billions, I don't know, that's a big number. But... But what we have to lose, what, we, what I don't want is for the, the impact of this story to kind of just drift away because it's something that you've always 
heard or you've heard several times. Because I think in this story what we can see is there were, were, there were preparations that were made. Therefore, we have the Bethlehem candle. But there were preparations that were made so that Jesus could fulfill the promise um, of, of being born in Bethlehem. Now, this is one of those kind of cool things. Like we talked last week about the, the probability and everything of the fulfilled prophecies. Uh, and, and some people say, well, you know, that, that Jesus... He knew some of these prophecies, so he intentionally fulfilled these prophecies. Um, but I, I, I don't know about you. I don't know of any baby who has the ability to say, I'm going to be born in a certain place. Anybody know? Anybody? No? I, okay, I just want to make sure that I, I wasn't the only one here. So, so understanding there are, there are those prophecies that God used to prepare His people that as when they come to fruition, that, that Jesus Himself did not have any control over. And if you, want to, if you, if you missed last week and you wanted to know more about that, just go on the, the, the podcast or whatever and listen to the promises of God and the probability and just like let your mind just be blown. How many were blown, blown away when just hearing some of those numbers last week? How many of you were asleep last week? Thank you, Derek. Um, maybe I wasn't uh, lively enough. That's, that's an understatement, right? I get it. All right. Understanding when we look at this text, we, we understand that there is preparation that took place for the Christ child to, to be born. And I don't think that we need to minimize that, that preparation. In this, we know that, that um, it says that at that time, uh, look there in, in verse 6, and while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. Um, what, what the trek looked like from, uh, uh, from Nazareth to Bethlehem, uh, it, depending upon how many miles that she or they went, uh, it could have taken days, weeks, uh, or anybody ever travel with a pregnant lady? Maybe months to do, make that. I, hey, I know that when my wife was pregnant, that anytime we went anywhere, if it took 10 hours to get there, you added another four because you had to stop and pee every 15 minutes, it seemed like. Am I wrong? Quit with the daggers, ladies. Yeah, you don't know what it's like. To, I, I don't know what it's like. I just know the reality, the outcome of it. Uh, no, I'm not getting anybody incriminated here. But, so it, took, it could have taken a long time, but nonetheless, they were prepared. When they got there, the baby was coming. And when the baby came, it says that, that when they got there, that there was obviously one person, and I don't want to, to uh, poke, poke fingers or point fingers at, at any one person, but um, I would say that the innkeeper was uh, way unprepared for um, that in which was taking place. I, I think I, I've preached in the past where um, if... You know, it's easy to look back in hindsight and say, you know, if you were really a good Jewish uh, person, uh, especially a business owner at that time, and you've seen that all the people were coming together and you knew the prophecy of the Christ uh, being born in your town, you would think that you would save a room for him. But he didn't. So we are much like that innkeeper. You know, we have a tendency that we, we, know, we know the truth. We know that we need to prepare. We know that we need to live uh, 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 in, a, in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. We, need to, or we know that what we need to do, but we have a tendency of just getting so busy in the season that we forget and we're like, oops, there's a, there, there's a stable out back you can have. So, so what I want us to do, and, and this is the, the, the part where, you know, I don't think I've ever done, given you guys like different different steps in which we should do or, or recommendations in which we should do uh, to, to accomplish um, a, an end goal. And this end goal that I want us to, to, to look at is, a holy, is holy living. But I want to look at what I'm going to call, and this is the fun part here, eight, A-T-E, Advent Training Exercises. Advent training exercises, because I, I believe that even though there was a lot, or I should say that, that, that there was a lot that went into um, the, uh, the birth of, of Jesus, I believe that um, Joseph and Mary and her, their whole entourage, they, they went through some uh, pre-birth um, exercises. 
So in that pre, those pre-birth exercises that it's for the first advent, I want us to be able to participate in some exercises. Who, who's up for exercises? I didn't come to church to get all sweaty. Just hold on. <laughs> I sweat every Sunday, so you just grin and bear. Right? But here's what I want you to do. Turn to uh, 1 Peter chapter 1. Because what I don't want to do is I don't want to just jump into what, you know, we got to do some exercises and all right, let's do calisthenics. No, these are our spiritual exercises. These are what um, the, uh, the church fathers in the, in the church w- w- would identify as uh, spiritual disciplines. And, and, and I think that when we, we see what is said about the, the need for preparing ourselves, I think that then... And only then, when we see the need, then we can take steps towards fulfilling that need. Look with me in uh, 1 Peter chapter 1. I want to look at verse 13, uh, and we're just going to read through verse 19. And understanding here, if you have a, like a Bible that has like um, headings or whatever, uh, the, the heading prior to the one we're reading, it says, born again to a living hope. And it talks about our salvation. It talks about um, that in which we are looking forward to. And, he said, and Peter here says, since we have that, and that's what he says there in verse 13, therefore, and that's referring back to what he said there before, he says, therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, stop there for a second. When, when, when you read that, it, it's, this is not talking about the book of Revelation. What, what this is talking about is the revealing of Jesus Christ. This is the revealing of the second coming of Jesus. So this is what, when we're talking about Advent and, and Jesus coming as the little baby Jesus in the golden fleece diapers, eight pounds, six ounces, right? First, I know, I got it twice today. I said I was going to do it once. So, First advent, but second advent is when it says that he's going to come on the clouds, right? So here, this is, this is, this is uh, 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 addressing this. When, when um, Peter's saying, um, therefore, preparing your minds, and he just doesn't say, okay, get, get your thought ready, but he says, prepare your minds for action. And, and, and you know, you all have been around me long enough, it, it's not about trying, right? It's about what? Training. We, we are called to train in godliness. Because if we just try, we may or may not succeed. But if we train, we have a, 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 the more likelihood of doing it, of, of succeeding in that which God has put forth for us. So it, when it, he says here that we're preparing our minds for action, being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ... As obedient children. So he's talking to believers. He's talking to the church here. This is important for my list. Because as we, we go through this list of things in a minute, we're going to be talking about sanctification and not salvation. We're going to be talking about since you are a child of Christ, these are some things that you can do, some exercises that you can perform to help you during the Advent season. So, As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. But as he has called you, or he who called you is holy, you also be holy in your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. Now, when he says that, I love to stress the fact that God never calls us to something that we cannot do. All right? Now, when he says, be holy as I am holy, I'm not saying that we're walking around and we're going to be little gods. No, 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 no. He says, be holy as I am holy. What he's saying is, by my power and by my spirit and by you submitting yourself to me, I will help you in this process. All right? So, when he says that, he goes on. He goes on, and if you... And I love this. And if you call on him as father who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, conduct, your, conduct yourselves with fear throughout your time of exile, knowing that you were ransomed from the feudal ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. I love how he says here that if you call him father. So, I mean, in, 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 in our terms or, or the way in which I would 
you know, kind of render this here is, if you say that you're a Christian, right? That, that's who he's talking to. If you call him Father, he says that it, that it goes on that to conduct yourselves with fear throughout your time of exile, right? Well, I'm not in exile. Well, here's what he's saying. This side of glory, right? This side of heaven. Because, um, sorry to break it to some of you, this is not heaven. I don't care how good of a week in which we've had. I'm not trying to bring anybody down. But even if you had a great week, this pales in comparison to what is, is waiting for us. So this side of heaven, that, that's, we, we are exiles. We, we are not of this world, just like Jesus said. They're, they're not of this world. I'm, I, I'm going to prepare a place, and when Jesus goes and prepares a place, He's going to take us to that place upon His second coming. And what we have to understand is while we're in this world, we're exiles here. We're exiles in a world that we don't belong. Some of us would say, well, I totally feel out of place. Well, he, here's the deal. Just because you're an idiot doesn't mean that you're, you should feel out of place. Because you can be a jerk and be, feel out of place. It's because you just, you know, you've unfriended everybody around you. No one wants to be around you. That's why I feel alone. Well, duh. That's not what I'm talking about here. He says being holy. So if we're, we are conducting ourselves and if we are, are living the way in which um, God has set forth for us, we're going to understand that we are different. There is a difference about us. Now, again, and you've heard me say this a billion times, that doesn't mean that we're putting ourselves or, or that we're up on a pedestal and everybody else is below us. No, 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 no. We understand that there is something more than this. This is not what everything's about. Do we have to live in the now? Yeah, absolutely. This is all real to us. And the, and the hurt and the pain and the situations that are in our lives, they're all real. But this isn't the end game here. This is all, this is all temporary. That in which is eternal is going to, to come. And that's what Peter is talking about here. That's what he's saying. When the revelation of Jesus comes, so what we have to understand is we need to prepare for that. We need to prepare for the revelation, for the second advent of Christ. Now, I like this because during this time of year, during this calendar advent church season, we can use this to kind of jumpstart us for the, the, the rest of the church calendar year. So I don't know if you know, I mean, the church calendar really starts during the Advent season, and it continues throughout the whole calendar year. So this is like the, the start of the church, quote-unquote, season. So we, what we need to do is we need to use this in, in, in preparation for the rest of the year. So just as we, as we lit the candle and as we uh, looked to see how they prepared for the, the, the coming of the Christ, we need to prepare ourselves we need to prepare for the coming of the Christ. And in that, that's where we get the exercises. So did any, anybody like that, that little acrostic there? Advent training exercises. Because I figure if I it, it made it where it, it had food, it'd be more appealing to you than the whole you know, physical exertion here. Did anybody put that back up? Did, did you guys get that A-T-E? Yeah. I know it's Waterloo and all, but I mean, come on, A-T-E. We're good? All right, so I want to keep it even simpler. I've got nine exercises for you. I, I, but you said, yeah, no. No, last week it was eight. Remember, last week it was eight. I said eight? I went to Waterloo, too. So, unless, wait, wait a second, let me, let me count, because they're not numbered. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Just like I said, right? <laughs> I love you. It's also going, because it, it but it would make sense uh, in, in, when I tell you this, because if it was eight, it would just drop the G. It's, it's preparing. That's going to be the acrostic we're going to use. Preparing. So if it, if, I, if it was only eight, it'd be preparing, which would totally fit with y'all. <laughs> right? Some of you, after we do the G, you're going to be like, yeah, we should have left that one off anyways. Um, but... The, the, the Advent training exercises, these are not intended for you to be um, super religious. These are not intended for you to say, if I do these, God's going to love me. 
No, 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 no. Remember, this is not for salvation. This is sanctification. This is so we can grow in our um, relationship, in our walk with Christ. As we're preparing, again, that's the acrostic, as we're preparing our minds for action. Because one of the craziest things that, that I've ever heard or I've ever seen is the, the Christian that sits on their hands and does nothing. Because if we proclaim Christ, then we have responsibility to Him. So, the first one. And, and these don't necessarily build upon each other, but I think that you could, um, you, you could build an argument that they could build upon each other, but I'll leave that up to you. I'm just giving you nine exercises. The first one, praying. All right? <laughs> yes, you should always start with prayer. 100%. Um, this is, uh, we, we believe this here at the church as well. Um, that's why we have, the, for the past few years, uh, we've started every calendar year with a prayer series. Uh, we are going to uh, continue that in, in January. Um, and I'll probably get some, some stones thrown at me, but I don't care because I have friends in low places and that's all right. Um, I'm just kind of giving a hint. I, 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 you know, Shannon and I were, uh, we were watching Garth Brooks last Sunday. Who watched Garth Brooks last Sunday? Oh my goodness. So, some of us, right? Those of you who watched Garth Brooks last Sunday, who was singing along with Garth Brooks? Uh, yeah, those, the rest of you are like, I don't know if I should raise my hand. I'm not going to incriminate myself. Whatever. I like Garth Brooks. That's, that's our time. That's real country music. I know we don't have the, the younger, much younger crowd, but that's real country music if you ask me. Um, but we, we were, as we were listening to that, there was a song that came up, Unanswered Prayers. Right, And as I was singing that, and my wife, she's sitting there beside me, we're singing, we're, we're both way out of tune, but I, that doesn't matter. But we, we were singing that, it, I just started thinking, and her and I talked a little bit, and you know what, that song is so, I love, I love that song, because that was, that was me. I, I was praying some of those same prayers that he was, he was singing about, and I just thank God that he did not give me what I thought that I needed at that time. We're going to take and to make it a little bit of a twist in the unanswered prayer. I don't believe that there's such thing as unanswered prayer. So some of you are sitting there thinking, well, you know what? I don't, I don't agree with you already. I, I, here, I don't believe that there's a such thing as unanswered prayers. God answers prayers three ways, yes, no, and wait. And we're going to talk about that after the, the beginning of the year. But we have to understand that it was important for Jesus himself when, he, when he, uh, his disciples came to him and said, teach us how to pray. And in Matthew chapter 9, what, what does Jesus say? Pop that up there on the screen so I don't have to turn to it. That's my secret. Sometimes you're like, man, he's, he, he's memorized a whole bunch of scripture. No, I've got it. It comes up on the screen right back here and I can look at it. Six, what, what? Man, you all are just, will you quit judging me? I'm, I, I'm just a fallible individual just like everybody else. I'm just trying to do my best. You guys are always beating up on me. No, I don't. Because Jesus says pray like this. He doesn't say if you pray. He says when you pray, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Now, we talk and we, we say and we recite, but we pray this prayer every Sunday. Because it is important to understand that prayer is not an option. It's a necessity. So when we're, we're talking about these exercises, now I'm not going to judge. I know you all are judging me because I make slip-ups. That's fine. I'm a big boy. I can handle it. I'm not going to judge you on your prayer life. I'm going to encourage you to have a prayer life because it's a necessity. That's how we communicate to God, and, and He communicates then in return on the second exercise, which is reading, reading, Romans 10, 17 says that faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes through the word of Christ. So this exercise in which we need to, to, uh, to, it, 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 um, we need to do, we need to, to participate in, is reading. So prayer is us, is the first line of communication. That's us talking to God. Reading is Him talking to us. Uh, again, now, I'll say this. I'm not going to... I'm not going to judge your reading habits. 
I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to put, well, you need to, to, to read as much as Matt, or you need to read as much as Ben, or you need to read as much as me. No, I wouldn't put that on anybody. I read a lot. But there's a, there's, there's a reason I read a lot. One, y'all have a lot of questions. But two, I'm a very slow reader. And I got a very thick skull. So it takes a lot to get through. All right? So, Amen. thank you. <laughs> Can we excommunicate her now? Um, but it, it takes. So why do I share that with you? Because I know that there's someone here saying, you know, reading is just not my thing. I, I get it. Reading doesn't have to be your thing for you to do it. And, and, and I even put down here that maybe your reading consists of a verse of the day. Start there. That, 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 that's 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 great. That that's that is, and I believe this hundred percent. The Word of God is living and active. I've read this somewhere. That it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It's piercing to the, the bone, the, the, the marrow, the sinew, the, 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 the innermost being of who you are. And it discerns the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. And it's God-breathed. So, when you read Scripture, it's not just words on a paper or words on a cup or... These are, are the words that are breathed out by God. This is how He communicates with us. So if, it's, if, it's, if you're not reading at all, start with the verse of the day. But if you're, if you're more than that, I would, I would highly recommend a reading plan. I find myself, if I don't have a reading plan, it's very easy to get so busy that I forget to spend that time in the Word. Now, when I say that, I mean, I can be in the Word all week long studying for a, a sermon, but that's not spending time communicating with God because I, there's a difference of preparing for me to stand up here and yell at you, but there, and there's a time in which I just need to hear what He's saying to me. And I think that everybody needs to be able to have a... Sometimes you need that plan. Now, there are so many tools out there which you can use for that. The, I, I think the best tool is on that little device that you have in your hand or your pocket or whatever, that U version. I mean, I don't know who all is on U version, but it, by show of hands, who, who is use U version? Quite, quite a few. I mean, it's, it's simple. On there, there's tens of thousands of Bible reading plans. So here's the, I know what happens. That you get on there and you're like, okay, I'm going to get a Bible reading plan. Then you start going through. You're like, oh, crap. Which, which one? Ooh, that one sounds good. Go back. Ooh, that one sounds good. And by, then, then you spend more time, you, you do the whole Netflix thing. <laughs> you see, right? How many of you have Netflix and you're, you're, you're let's, let's watch a movie and you spend like 45 minutes trying to decide which movie you want to watch? Yeah. yeah. You, you have a tendency to do that? So here, if you have version and you need a Bible reading plan because you just don't want to pick the wrong one, as if there's a wrong one, right? Let me know. I'll help you with that. But nonetheless, let, 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 let's take um, and, and, and exercise our reading ability. Now, here again, some of you are like, well, I'm not a reader. That's the beautiful thing about this little app they have. It'll read to you. <laughs> right? So now, is that, does, is that legit? Hey, I'm going to tell you that the Bible says that God's Word does not return void. It doesn't come back empty. So if you have to listen, fine, listen to it. But do it. Don't come up or, or don't give in to the, 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 the um, temptations and the deception of the devil saying, well, you just can't do that. Not to lie. So, first two exercises. We're, we're off on a good start, right? Praying and reading. Number three. Oh, wait a second. I'm reading. For, for some of you, I wanted to also put in there good Christian books. I think that there is value. Now, when I say this, it's not reading Christian literature and not reading the Bible. But they, they, they quote Scripture in there and they have port. No, 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 no. No. Supplemental. You, you, we can supplement. It can be an additive to our Bible reading. But I would say good Christian books are also very profitable. Again, if you need to list those, let me know. I got tons. I will not lend you my books, though, because you all don't give them back. I, I am. I, 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 I cherish my books, and when they don't come back, I'm mad. 
I'm working on it. Quit judging me. Prepare, or I'm sorry, preparing is praying, reading. Third one, engaging. What do you mean engaging? Putting into practice that in which you're learning. Because if we just pray, and if we just read, and then we don't put into action that in which we are praying about, and that we're reading, what, what, what good is that? I tell you what it says. James chapter 1. James chapter 1, verse 22 says, But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. But I read the Bible a lot, and I pray a lot. But I, Okay, I'm not judging you. I'm not discounting that. But if the Bible says to do something, and I, you read about it, but you don't do it, do you believe it? Or are you like, well, that's a good, you know, that's a good principle to live by. I ain't going to live by it. But the, you know what? That's a good principle. I'll tell other people to do it, but I ain't going to do it. No, no one in here would say that, right? I, I get it. I, I'm, I'm, I totally get that. Man, a bunch of liars today. Um, but, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forget what he, looks, he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. If, even if you have a, a, a selfish mind, because we'll start with there, because that, that's where a lot of, of us are sometimes. Even if you're seeking out the blessing, if you listen to what God is saying as He's reading, as He is communicating to you, and you act upon it because you want to get the blessings, that's a beginning. Should we do it to get the blessings? No. I'm not, and I'm not promoting that. I'm just saying let's, let's start with something. Because I, I fully believe that when God communicates to us and we act upon His promises, we act upon His truth, we act upon His law, then He blesses. And God's a, 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 a great Father who wants to bless His children, but He's not going to bless us in our mess. I hate that sign that's in kitchens. God bless this mess. No, don't bless this mess. Help me fix this mess. Let's clean up this mess. So, engaging. Putting into practice that which you are learning. Because I, I fully believe, too, that you don't really know unless you, or you don't really learn something until you actually do something. The best teachers are those who actually, one, not only believe what they say, but actually do what they say. Let's go on. So, praying, reading, engaging. Next one, P, pondering. Pondering. Now, Philippians 4, 8. Man, that one's small. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. I always remember that by Gepsi. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, whatever. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, my wife's lovely, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, she's downstairs, so I'm not getting brownie points. If there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. So in our training exercises here, praying, reading, engaging, pondering, what we need to be doing is meditating. I'm not saying sit in a funky position where your legs go numb. and ooh. No, I'm saying meditating. Thinking about the truths of God. Thinking about what God is wanting you to do. I think too often we read about things and then it's on to the next thing. It's on to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. We'll read. I mean, we'll, you'll be in your, your time of study and you'll be like, wow, that's great. And then you put your Bible down, you pick up your phone. Oh, I'll see how many things I can get on Candy Crush. Mm, I, hey, I'm not against all that. Yeah, I am. But 
But because what we've done is we, we are a society that does not take the time to sit idly and think. It's constant stimulation. I've got to have stimulation, 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 stimulation. And if, you don't, if you're not stimulated, oh, I'm just bored. Well, how about taking those times and just meditating, thinking about the truth of God, thinking about what God says. Because here's the deal. You've heard me say this before, but it's not just believing in God. Because there's a lot of people who believe in God, but they don't believe God. So to believe God, you've got to think about what He says. So in, in our training exercises here, praying, reading, engaging, pondering, take some time. Take some time, and maybe it's instead of on your lunch break, getting on your phone, just take some, take some time to just find a quiet place and just think. Now, what's going to happen is you're going to wander all over the place, and you're like, man, I'm not doing it. No, just, but then redirect yourself, pray. Hey, Holy Spirit, just enable me to just think about you. If you need to, grab your Bible and say, hey, start reading and just praying the Scripture. But just take some time to think about what it is that God has said. God has taken time to write down His Word. We need to take some time to think about His Word. So praying, reading, engaging, pondering. A, the next one. So that's one, two, three, four. Number five appreciating appreciating first thessalonians 5 this is this is important because i think that um i don't want to say that we we live in a society society that is not that doesn't appreciate what they have but i think that we have almost this entitlement mentality sometimes especially from god we watched uh, bruce almighty last night and uh, you ever watch that movie with Jim Carrey? Funny movie. Is it, is it theologically correct? No, but it's not made for that, so get off my case. You know? But in there, he, Jim Carrey says that you know, God, God's just a, you know, a mean kid sitting on an ant hill with a magnifying glass burning the legs off of the ants. No, that's not what God is. That's not who he is. What we do is we think that, that, that just like Jim Carrey did in that, that, that movie, he thought that, that God had to, to give him everything that he wanted, and he was entitled to that. Well, if God really loved me, if he was a loving God, he would do what I want him to do. Well, if God gave you everything that you wanted, you'd be the most miserable person in the world. Because what would, be ha- would happen is you would have everything and you would not have him. So I, I think it's important as we're training in, in, in our, our, our exercise regimen here that we take time to appreciate that in which he's already given us. How about we're appreciating that which he's already done? How about we appreciate that which he is doing? Well, I ain't got nothing to, 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 to be uh, thankful for. Being able to say that statement, it gives us something to be thankful for. You have breath in your lungs. You have, you have food in your belly. You have a roof over your head. Well, whatever. Yeah, but those are things that I've worked hard for that. Okay, God gave you the ability to do that. I mean, you know, let's not, let's not have to split hairs here. Let's just be thankful for everything in which God has done. Because, you know, in and of, the, of itself, this appreciating is not going to turn you into a, a, a godly, holy person. What this is going to do is help prepare your mind. If, you're, if you get your mind out of, you know, God owes me this and God owes me that and he should do this, and we start thinking about thank you for this and thank you for that, you'll have a heart of thanksgiving. Your, 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 your outcome, your, your, your demeanor, your disposition will change. Because instead of focusing on the negative and the things that, 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 that are not, you focus on the things that are. I can sit here and list a whole bunch of things that I don't have, and I could probably justify all of them, of why well, I should have this, but, but it does no one any good. It makes me bitter. And, and the vessel of bitterness just corrodes over time. So just, just take that the mindset of as we're, we're going through this, just, just remember through this Advent season, just thank God for what you got. Sometimes thank God for what you ain't got, right? Some of you are like, don't know. I mean, hey, there could be, it could be a whole lot worse. Praying, reading, engaging, pondering, appreciating. We're, we're, we're circling the plane. We're getting closer. Relating. Relating. Now, 
in, in relating, what, what do I mean? It's being in fellowship with one another. 1 John uh, 1, 5 through 10. Uh, you know, I, I've used this passage many a times. It, it talks about that if we um, walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of, of Jesus, His Son, cleanses us from all sins. Understand that, that we need to be in fellowship with one another, but I'm not a people person. I'm not saying that you need to get you know, a tandem bike and matching sweatshirts and all that crazy stuff. But, but there are over a hundred commands that have the, the elelon, the one another's in the New Testament. You're not intended to do life alone. We are intended to do life with one another. And it's during those one another's, and I'll tell you, I've said this a hundred times, that people suck sometimes. That, that was from the great theologian Shannon Kackner. She, she said that to me. And I said, yes, dear, they do. But it, in, in those same people, we have the most... Uh, the, the most joy sometimes as well. Can people hurt you? Yes. Will relationships um, ultimately let you down? Uh, yeah. But that doesn't mean that you just throw it all away. Anybody ate bad Mexican food? Or bad Chinese? Doesn't mean you never eat Chinese again. <laughs> At least for me, I've had plenty of bad Chinese. Not since I, I found Panda Garden, though, in Alliance. Ooh, that's a great place. Oh, my goodness. Anywho. But just because you have a bad experience doesn't mean you throw everything else out. Same thing with relationships. Just because you have one bad relationship, don't let it, 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 it mar the rest of your relationships. Yeah, but you don't know how bad it was. I, 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 you're right, I don't. I can just tell you that I have ex experienced some very hurtful relationships from some people that, that were very, very close. And it's usually the closest people that hurt you the, the, the most. It's not the, 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 the magnitude of the, of the offense, it's the proximity of the, defend, or of the offender. So think about that. It's not the, 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 how big the hurt was, it's how close the person was who hurt you. And sometimes that, it stings. And is it, I'm not saying get over it. You're not hearing me say that. I'm saying it hurts. But you can, you can understand that, the, that that same closeness and that same intimacy that is the, uh, um, the, 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 the environment for that hurt is the same environment that can, can give us uh, just unimaginable joy in being able to, to, to relate to one another in certain circumstances. So with that uh, praying, reading, engaging, pondering, appreciating, relating, three and we're done. I involving now Matthew chapter 6 verse 33 it says seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you right involving what do I mean by involving involve God in everything you do well I do that all the time I pray for that no I just just realistically just think about your your actions and this, this is not, we have to, every, every move, before I take a step, I've got to think about God. Nope, I've got to take another step and think about God. He, he, don't, don't take it that, ex, that extreme. What I'm saying is, the way in which you love your wife, is God involved? The way in which you love your, your, your husband, is God involved? The way in which you love your kids, the way in which you do your job, the way in which you, whatever, fill that in. Is God involved? Now, a, a little litmus is that, or of that is what we need to do is we need to be intentional in that. Not in this because this is this is the propensity in which we have. We have a tendency of doing something and then asking, well, does God approve that? How about we invert that? What if we're intentional about seeking God's approval for what we're doing? Now remember, this is not for salvation, this is for sanctification. We're not trying to uh, woo God. What we're trying to do is, is understand that because He has given us what He has given us, what we want to do is we want to involve Him in everything that we do, and not as an afterthought. Now again, this, this is not the easiest thing to do, and, there, and it, the, 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 the propensity in which we have is to do it in hindsight, but if you have to do it in hindsight, do it nonetheless, but start the transition. Transition it to, let me think about how this honors God 
before I do it. Before you get on social media and blast whoever you're going to blast, think about, is this, would this be approved by God? If God was sitting right here, standing over my, if Jesus was standing over my shoulder, would he be saying, mm, that's good? Or would he be sitting there going, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it? Maybe it's a conversation in which you, you have. Maybe it's an action in which you, 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 you do. Are we perfect? No, we're not perfect. But we have the ability to make the right choices. But it takes intentional involvement. It takes saying, okay, God, I want you to be involved in this. Praying, reading, engaging, pondering, appreciating, relating, involving. The next one, I admittedly say that I made up a word. Surprise, surprise, right? Non-devising, right? I think you'll, you'll, you'll get the, the, the understanding. Non-devising, what, what do I mean by when I say non-devising? I needed an N-word, and you'll see. Non-devising, do not intentionally cause division. That's what I mean by non-devising. What I wanted to do is figure out a way in which I can put being unified or unity in here. Do not intentionally cause division. The devil does a great job on his own. He doesn't need your help. And in the exercise of the season, just what if you were intentional about not causing division? And what I mean here is some of us, and I'm guilty at points as well, some of us have this tendency to to just naturally cause division. Now, when I'm saying cause and division, I'm saying bad division, splitting something up or whatever, not agreeing, whatever it might be. Some of us have a natural tendency to cause division. So what I'm saying is be intentional to not do that. Because I've had plenty of conversations with people that say, well, I didn't mean that. I, I get it. I believe you, that you didn't mean to say this, or that you didn't mean to do this. I'm not saying that, that you did mean to. What I'm saying is, what if you were intentional about not doing it? Intentionality here. Be intentionally non-divisive here. In a season that brings so many people together, so many families together, what the devil wants to do he wants to divide. And like I said, he doesn't need help doing this. So let's actively be participating and exercising this. I don't want to be a part of him using me to divide anything. The last one. And we're going to land the plane right here. 1 Corinthians 12, 25. Thank you. What do you mean? I've got to use the Bible? You want me to support everything I have by, with the Scripture? I love it. Yeah, for non-devising, 1 Corinthians 12, 25 says that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. No division. Non-devising. So, am I allowed to go on the next one now? Final one? See, I could have been done a minute earlier, but Kleena had interrupted me. G. Giving. Giving. Let's go to the, the, the text first. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 says, The point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound in you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. This is not prosperity gospel. If you just give so much to God, He's going to return it to you. I'm not, it's not what it says, but He says that He loves a cheerful giver. And it says here that He's able to make all grace abound. Does God bless? Absolutely. But if you give just to get, you totally miss 
you totally miss it. You totally miss why, why God has instituting the tithes and offerings. But it's not only limited to giving of treasures. This is also time and talents. We should be giving of our time to God. We should be giving of our talents to God. Yes, we should also be giving of our treasures to God. Why? Because when we give, what we're doing is we're showing non-dependency on the stuff. We're showing dependency upon or on God. And it's an exercise. Because some, some are like, you're, you're, you're like right there with Scrooge or the Grinch. Anybody seen the new Grinch? Is it good? No? Yeah? Eh? Oh, okay. I want to take the kids to see it, but anyways. But, uh, sorry, side note. So, but some of us are like the Grinch, don't want to give. It's because you have the mentality of you give to get. No, no, we get to give. God blesses us so that we can give. So we can then enjoy and, and, and reap and, and some of the reward and the blessings that come in return. As we look at this list, the nine, nine, thank you, I can count now. At least I can spell. The math's never been my thing. The nine Advent training exercises. All I, you know, I, I get it. There's, there's a lot there. But what if? What if you just took some time to kind of do some assessment? Like through this Advent season, through this, this, this actual, the actual calendar Advent season, took some time to just go through these things. Like, how am I doing in praying? How am I doing in reading? And just go down through that. Assess yourself. This is not for you to feel bad about yourself. If you're like, yeah, I'm not reading like I should. Don't get down and let the, the, the devil just get, yeah, you're worthless, a worthless Christian. No. Use that as like, okay, there's, there's an area in which I need to, 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 to fix. And, and let's let these be some, some areas in, in some, uh, um, as, as, as we were talking this morning, some habits in which you, you start or maybe you get better at. All right, let's pray. God, we, uh, we thank you. Lord, um, we are your children. Uh, Father, we, we ask that as we've you know, just went through these, these steps of things and, and understanding this is preparing um, or could be preparing us to, to be more conformed to, to your image, uh, Jesus, we, we ask that uh, we don't lose sight of why this is even possible. It's because you came. It's because you died. And it's because you rose again. Lord, we ask that um, as we, we uh, look at these things and we uh, make this a part of, of, of this season, that it doesn't just stop with this Advent season, that we continue in this, uh, Lord, that, that we can uh, trust you to, to, to complete in us the work in which you've started. So Father, I, I know that there, there are people here that have, have real things going on in their lives, God, we don't want to minimize those. What we want to, to do is we want to help direct them to you. Because like we talked last week, you give rest for the soul. So God, as we prepare, as we prepare this season, as we were preparing for your return, God, let us uh, do that faithfully, continually, daily. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen.